1: Welcome on in, Sports Radio 94 WIP. It is the midday show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Gilio, Kyle Quinn is behind the glass. You guys with us, 215 592 9494. On a very, very big day, the NFL Combine is underway. Howie Roseman, Nick Sirianni, they will speak later during our show. We'll bring that to you live in the one o'clock hour. Good morning, Hugh. <laughs> Good morning, uh, we're Joe. Off, Good morning. We're off hey, listen,
3: it's going to be warm today. So just because it's warm, it's warm. Don't be a goofy. Just don't be goofy today. And you know exactly what I mean by running around with T-shirts on and shorts and stuff, getting yourself sick. Don't be goofy today just because it's warm. Don't be a goofy.
1: People, you could tell the people that can't wait for the springtime yeah, to come. They they,
3: they, they get out. Th- well, I guess I'm one of
1: the goofy because <laughs> I got on a... A t-shirt,
3: <laughs> you know. I, yeah, I guess as I, as I got I look a big down goof myself, next to me yeah, here. Yeah, I'm one of the goofy ones. All
1: right, don't be goofy. I would say a lot of people would, would classify the end of the Eagles' season as goofy, Hugh, yeah. because they were ten and one, and obviously had finished not in the right way. We had a lot to react to today, including my first chance to react to the AJ Brown interview. We'll get to that coming up, and of course Howard will join us 11:30. Elliot live from Indianapolis for the combine, but Hugh, as we start the day, and and like, I think we all want to turn the page to the off season. We all do. But I think before you turn that page, you got to have one last little look at what the heck just happened here. And I'm I'm on, you know, my Inquirer app this morning and I'm reading a story here. Nick Sirianni played favorites as Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown were treated different. Story by Marcus Hayes. We'll get to some of the quotes in there. But there's just continuing more and more about what happened at the end of the Eagles season. And I've thought about this a lot and I'll, I'll count myself as part of this, but I do think that we've overreacted a bit to what happened here. We'll get to this article and what was said, in here are some of the quotes. But the more I think about the end of the Eagles season, the more I think we have had a, a lack of answers, so we've looked for answers. We've looked for reasons. And now we are thinking about reasons why. Maybe they don't like each other. and Maybe this, and maybe that, and maybe the coaching staff. The reality is this. it's snowballed. The Eagles weren't that great. They had a good record, but they weren't that great. It's snowballed. And I do think the last month and a half with us, the whole fan base, we've overreacted a little bit because we're looking at this team and saying, oh my goodness, they're bad now, when the reality is they were probably an average team the whole time, and it just hit us how quickly they went from 10-1 and to where they are. Hugh, when you think about the end of the season, including some of these quotes in the article today, the idea, and Marcus Hayes wrote this, he talked to a veteran off the record in late December, and those quotes are printed today with that veteran's uh, you know, blessing that this is now in the Philadelphia Inquirer talking about how some guys were not held as accountable as others, including Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. Here's a quote uh, in terms of, you know, it asked if Brown's on-field conniptions and his two-week media blackout were affecting the team. An accomplished veteran player said, quote, I don't know about that, but I will say it doesn't help when they treat two guys in different ways. With that, he nodded at Hurts' empty locker. What about Brown? "Quote: Yeah, I guess some guys can't do anything wrong." Hugh, your reaction to all this, and do you think we've overreacted to the end of the Eagles' season? Uh, lot to digest. Joe. A lot. There's a lot going on here.
3: I, I don't think I don't think we overreacted to the to the to the way the season ended. I, I'll say that first. And and just let me say this to the the what you talked about as far as the anonymous player talking about people getting preferential treatment. Mm-hmm. Now, I when when I read this story and I when I went through it. The first thing that I did was try to put myself in that position and think about back when I played and 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 also try to understand and, and relay that it's different now. When I played, Joe, it was nothing for the quarterback and key players to be treated different. You know, it, it's certain guys that because of their play and what they bring to the table, they are going to be treated different. So initially that didn't, moved the meter for me initially. But then I, when I got to thinking about it and, and how now how the NFL is, has changed and how sensitive a lot of guys are to, uh, to, to uh, criticism mm-hmm. and and people saying things about them, I had to give the story some validity, you know, because gone are the days where I used to sit in the meetings and I played with guys and they know who they were that didn't get criticized a whole lot. I used to get cussed out all the time. Didn't bother me. And, and I say, like anybody who's been in the media, ask Ike. If you talk to him later on the day? I used to get talked a dog cussed by my coach. I didn't bat an eye because that did not bother me because I was out there making plays. And at the end of the day, that was the bottom line is you're out there making plays and you knew that for the most part, you talked to you like that so that it gives him credibility or whatever. So it didn't bother me. But nowadays, when you talk about people being treated equal and wanted to be treated equal, the, the reality of it is this. Everybody's not going to be treated equal regardless to, to, to how much money you make or whatever. If you're a baller like Jalen and AJR, you're probably going to be treated different, but this is a different era in the NFL. Mm. So there's probably some validity to the way that somebody felt, veteran player felt about certain individuals being treated a certain way. You got to get over yourself, dog. Everybody's not going to be treated the same in a locker room. That's just the reality of the situation. It's been like that since I can remember, since I was a little peewee playing football. The, the young man that played quarterback at eight years old was treated differently than I was treated as a defensive lineman and that's just the way it is
1: two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four gets you gets you that's an interesting perspective and and look this article today it just it adds to a lot of the stories that have been out there over the past couple of months which is locker room issues right turmoil you know uh, some guys feeling they're treated differently than others maybe the quarterback not connecting that was out there last week with Derek Gunn every week every couple of days it feels like there's a different report on what happened to the Eagles. And here's how I feel today, and we've talked about every single one of these, and obviously A.J. Brown came on our station just a few days ago to kind of clear the air what he feels about some of the issues. The way I feel today is, as the offseason begins. I mean, today it begins. When Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni talk today, it's the end of last season, and it's the beginning of this season. 2024 starts today for the Eagles, the beginning of the offseason. The Combine free agency is like a week and a half away, and it's all going to change. This team's going to change fast. My feeling today is, we overreacted to the end. We have looked for reasons why it fell apart. We have dove so deep because we didn't have the real answer. But sometimes you ever hear of Occam's Razor, like the most simple Arkham's, answer? Yeah. simple answer is the, probably the right answer. Uh-huh. And I think the simple answer was the Eagles were never that great. They had a nice record. AJ even said that on the, on the, on uh, Friday with Jack and, and Ike, that that they knew they weren't that good of a team. So while we're it, it smacked us in the face the way they went from 10-1 and one to falling apart, the reality is they probably weren't, weren't that great anyway. So the end of the season, it just went bad. It snowballed on them. They had a head coach who probably wasn't ready for for handling it. They had two coordinators who weren't good enough this season. I don't think things are quite as bad as we feel they've been the last two months. I do think we've overreacted a bit here, Hugh, because we have looked for reasons. Like We keep saying that. Why did it happen? Maybe it happened because they weren't that good anyway. It could have been it. Maybe they weren't. You know, if a, if a great team falls as quickly as they did, it's like, what? But maybe they just were good with a very shiny record, and then it fell very fast.
3: No, I don't believe that. I, I, I believe that this team was a good team. They started off good. They just went to the Super Bowl. I think now I might be called me crazy, but going to the Super You're Bowl. You're crazy, Hugh. Yeah, basically. But going to the Super Bowl, Joe, that's a hell of a measuring stick. That means that you were, at that time, the best team in the NFC, you deserve to go. Yeah, they were. They were in 22. And I know that things happened where it it felt like you didn't deserve to be there, let the San Francisco 49ers tell it, but you had a run during the course of the season, what made me feel like this was a good football team. Now I fell apart. Now, do we know exactly what it was? No, we don't. And I will say this. They were doing things. To to AJ's point, when he talked about, you know, we weren't a good team, they were doing things unconventionally. I give you that because there were some times where they would win games that I would look at them and scratch my head and say, "Wow, you know, you're not supposed to win like that," but they did, they did, and, and and along the way, they beat some pretty good teams, like so. I can't sit here and say that their whole season was food-gazing. Now, somewhere along the line, it fell apart, and you know what the ironic thing about all of this is this this Marcus Hayes story. Like I don't know what happened, but when you read that. And you, and you hear players, veteran players, talk about how different people were treated differently and things like that. Like I said, I came from a locker room where everybody was treated different. That's just how it was, and it didn't bother me. But when you hear that, that makes me think that, hmm, there was something. That, that might be part of the problem. Mm. Because now I go back, because see, what I do, I like to piecemeal things together, even though one might not have anything to do with the other. I go back and I look at certain things that happened during the course of the season. Like, just for example, the, the, your number one that, that Dallas Goddard gave to AJ – I mean, excuse me, to, to, to Jalen Hurts on the sideline, huh. Now, when I read the story, I'm like, huh. Maybe that's why he gave the number one because he felt like in that situation, the ball was dropped and the play was, was uh, improvised. And it wasn't the right one, and he was frustrated. Maybe that was the case. I think there's something to this, but whatever it is, I think Coach Goober's gonna fix it. You know why? Why? Because he's new and he has no loyalty to anybody. But to sit here and say that it wasn't, it wasn't an issue. I, I would say no. Nah, that's that's crazy. It was an issue. It, it was. Look, a big
1: deal. I think it became an issue because they were frustrated at what happened here. I don't think it has to remain an issue, and I think. And part of what AJ was trying to say on Friday is, look, it it went bad, but it doesn't mean things are bad forever. It doesn't mean the locker room's bad. It doesn't mean his relationship with Jalen is bad. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Guys, I think we've overreacted to this thing. The Eagles were probably a ne- never the twenty twenty three Eagles. I not, not talking about twenty twenty two. The twenty twenty three Eagles were probably never great. We got an expectation they were great, so it smacked us in the face when it fell. But the reality is maybe they weren't that great. AJ said that on Friday. They kind of knew they weren't that great. I think all this locker room stuff, the chemistry stuff, has been an overreaction because the team just wasn't good enough on defense and for whatever reason the offense couldn't adjust. 215-592-9494. Have we overreacted? Did we overreact over the past month or so to the end of the Eagles season? Roseman and Sirianni talked today. We'll have that for you live on WIP. Kyle, what are you thinking as um, we start to finally put to bed the – last season, and we turned the page to the off season, which starts mm-hmm. in earnest today. What do you think? Did we overreact?
4: Yeah, so like overreact, you mean by saying like the window's closed, we need to take a wrecking ball to this roster, I think you're
1: coming like the Eagles need, yeah,
4: ball. major roster changes. Now,
1: some of that might still be true, but yeah, guys like that, that talk Whoever, like that.
4: Whatever jerk was coming up with that nonsense. Yeah,
1: anyone that overreacts to that extent, probably a moron.
4: <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this is what I've been trying to say for a while. Like, don't get me wrong, losing six of the last seven the way they did and the way they look like you know, a lot of them sort of gave up in a sense in that Tampa Bay game in the playoffs, it was disgusting. And it should be talked about as one of the worst collapses in Philadelphia sports history. That's not an overreaction to say. What came after that to me is the big overreaction that you know the stuff that I just mentioned about the window being closed and this team screwed and they're you know this far from being a Super Bowl contender.
1: Get that guy off the yeah, air, yeah. Whoever, whoever the hell
4: that. that is, you know, should Mm-mm. as in AJ's words, find another job. Mm. Um, but I think it's an overreaction because they are they are just one season removed from being in the Super Bowl. I don't think they need to take this major leap from being the worst defense to the number one defense just to have a chance at winning the Super Bowl. I think there's a way that they can manage with a middle of the pack defense. If some like, I'll put it to you this way: I think the biggest reason for the Eagles not or falling apart the way they did was their best players, that the most talented players they had, not playing up to their talent level. I think that reverts back to the mean in a little bit, in, in some sense of the word next season. So whether that's the defensive lineman, Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat that had down years or, you know, AJ or, you know, Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown and, and the rest of the guys on the offense that sort of fell off a little bit toward the end of the season. I think that all sort of, you know, the the cream will rise back to the top and, and this team will be right there again.
1: So 215 94-94. Here's how I view the Eagles as the offseason begins. They're an average football team. They were probably an average football team the whole year. We just got really upset because at the end. It went from 10 and 1 to where it ended. But that in total wasn't bad. I think all this chemistry stuff, all this locker room stuff, all the synonymous quotes, it's just us looking for reasons because we want to avoid the reality, which is they're all right. They got a lot of work to do this offseason. 215 592 94 Did we overreact? Did people that talk like that guy Kyle was referencing there? Did that guy overreact to the end of the Eagles season? I think we did. Hugh thinks, no, there's a reason for all this. We reacted appropriately. Will's in the Northeast. What's up, Will? Hey, gentlemen, how y'all doing? What's hey, up, Will. Man. Oh man, listen. Um, I think I think because of the
0: the seasons that we had up until um this this prior season um we had big expectations for our team, right? And the the way that the way that um the team had uh, ended the season, it was just like, you know, for me, and I'm gonna keep it real. It looked like they all threw the towel away. And I'm not going to say, um, because the only person I saw continue to play was um, was Smith and, um, and I think one other player. I forget. But Cox were still the, playing. I mean, towards and the Gainwell. Well. They're the only two that, that continue to really give it their all to me. You know what I mean? But um, also, and I, and I keep saying, I said it last season. Everybody keeps screaming defense, defense. Okay, yes, the defense do need to rebuild. They do need to learn how to tackle. But the biggest thing, then I kept saying, we need that power back, man. That power back will open up a lot of lanes that we couldn't get open because guess what? Once they shut our run game down, we came one-dimensional. You know what I'm saying? And they keyed in on that. They Every time we set up in that, that RPO, they knew almost almost where to go, where the ball was going to go. You know what I'm saying? So it's like once we get that power back, it's going to open up for, for – uh, for for Swift to get busy, it, it'll open a lane for uh 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 Jalen to get busy, and then you could do the little dump off. It'll open up so many things. Like I keep saying, pay whatever Henry needs for a year,
1: give him a good
0: deal, and bring Henry here, and we going into the
1: season. That's Bowl your guy, right? Will. Well, you've been on that the whole time, Will. Man, good phone call. We appreciate it, Hugh. Th- this is, and you know, we'll talk later in the show about things we want to hear from Howie and Nick today, and they'll mm-hmm. be asked a lot of questions about the off season and. You know, we go from the combine this week. Free agency starts in about two weeks, but if there ever was going to be a year where the Eagles could acquire a, like a name running back, they're all free agents. None of these guys got tagged.
3: Yeah, D. Henry, uh, Saquon Barkley, Eckler, yeah. who
1: obviously yeah. has the relationship with Moore from last year. Yeah. So there are big names out there. 9494. I understand how difficult the end of the season was. It was frustrating to watch. I think we all. You know, when you watch a meltdown in live, like minute by minute, it's hard not to react to it. I just think as I take a step back from what last season was and all these stories out there about whether it be AJ or anybody else in the team or anonymous quotes about whoever, Sirianni, the Sirianni stuff hasn't stopped with the Big Dom stuff. And now today in the Inquirer article about him maybe not holding everyone to the same level of accountability. I just think we're overreacting to a tough December. Jeff's in Wilmington. What's up, Jeff? Yo, what's up, guys? Hey, Jeff. What's up, Joe? I don't think we overreacted, Joe. I and I don't think this team was
2: average. This team was good. I think the offensive scheme, the the fact that the offensive coordinator was a friend of Jalen's or whatever you want to call it, they just didn't play. They didn't. They didn't play well. But it's not like they were a bad team. I think there's a big difference in that, and and the way that I mean, the way the offense was uh, designed. Yes. AJ was right. They weren't playing well um, even when they were ten and one, but that has more to do with the scheme than it does the players. And and I think the frustration of the players came out because they knew they were way better than that, and they weren't set up to be to be successful.
1: And they felt so, it, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, I, I think yeah. they they felt it. And and I think we'd all probably agree with that that they probably had above average talent for whatever reason. By the end, it came out to. Pretty good, good, and then bad. Like it was it was a very strange year considering what we thought of the roster when the season started. It really was. And when you're playing like that, and t- to Hugh's point
2: about players being treated differently, that's been going on since the beginning of sports. I mean, you know, the star players get better get different treatment, not necessarily better, but that that that's a given. Like you, you have to work around that if you're a player. You have to understand that. Um But <laughs> I think when you say we were looking for uh, looking for reasons of what was going on, mm-hmm. I think that's just natural.
1: I think Rob. it is too. No, it is. When, but when I think we don't know why. Right. I think when you look for something, you tend to maybe take a little thing and make it a big thing. Right. Like yeah. the, the whole stuff about like today. Let's just use today. And Jeff, I always appreciate your phone call. Hugh, today this this stuff, the article that Marcus Hayes put in the Inquirer today, with players saying that not every player got treated the same. It's interesting. It's certainly noteworthy. But then again, I mean, you live this life where it's – that probably happens in a lot of locker man, rooms. Man, listen, I, I've been in locker rooms where guys,
3: teammates, used to be upset because I, I got treated differently because I would take liberties in the defense. And I remember being in the meetings, and they was like, what well, are you guys you doing, da da, da, da. i am like, man –
0: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor.
3: You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. That, that I'll just say I said that. I mean, I said something else, obviously, but I, it was a little bit more colorful, colorful. But that's just how it is, man. You get treated different. I, I've been in defensive meetings where, you know, certain linebackers, and we don't have to name any names. That when certain when they would mess up certain plays, they were talked to a little differently than I was. It did not bother me because I knew it was a pecking order. You know, Troy and Bobby when they they would mess up Dawkins. When Dawk messed up, I don't think he ever got reprimanded for any of his mistakes. Let it be known. Let it be talk, let him tell. It, he never made a mistake. But that's just how it was. Everybody like if you're a higher tier player. You're gonna be treated differently. Mm-hmm. That's how it's been everywhere. We've he- we hear stories about Russell Wilson. And the fact this buddy had an office. Like guys didn't like it. But when you're winning, it don't matter. See, th- this is the biggest difference. That's it. When yeah, you yeah. stop when winning. You, when you stop winning, that's when it becomes a problem. And I think like, like I said, I-, I sit back and I don't know what happened in the locker room. I don't know. But now when you start to piece together what you're starting to hear. It's, certain things start to make sense. You know, the fact that AJ basically said that they were improv- improvising out there, mm-hmm. and the fact that Dallas Goddard probably gave AJ the finger, I mean, gave Jalen a finger. It's like, oh, maybe, maybe there is something to that story. It does open up your mind.
1: Yeah, like, what like, is really going uh, on? You
3: know, it's, like, it's like when you have children and they're arguing and they tell you, it's like, okay, what happened? Well, she hit me and, well, no, I did not da da And you start to listen to the story and as it evolves, you know it's somewhere in the middle. You know it's somewhere in the sure, middle. Of course. It's so always it's, is. Some,
1: it's something valid um, to yeah, this. Yeah, kids do that all the time. Yeah. Speaking – before we hit this, though, speaking of airing dirty laundry, I mean, it, we all saw right through what you just said. You said, you know, you had a teammate, maybe a linebacker called out for not doing what they're doing. <laughs> I mean, just say Ike. I mean, just say – no. you don't have to do that to Ike. I, no, Ike I was never – Ike was,
3: was one of the smartest – Linebackers that I've ever played with. I know. Like, I didn't really think you were saying him. No, but kidding. but Trot. We, we let's talk about this. Trott. <laughs> it was Trot. Trot used to be out there renegade. But but Trot knew his stuff too. He knew his stuff, and it was just certain like certain people in the meeting. Man, you just like I used to get talked too greasy because that's what my coach did. You know what I mean? And it didn't like it was like water off a of ducks. I'm yeah. Like whatever, dog. I know I'm gonna be out there playing on Sunday. It don't make a difference. But is there some players you know you can do that to, and is just other players you
1: can't? Yeah, it is. And it, look, and everyone's got to be on board, though, with the strategy and the way a coach does it. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. 94, 94. Have we overreacted to the end of the Eagles season? The Sirianni stuff, losing six out of seven, AJ stuff, the locker room stuff. Have we overreacted? I think we have to an extent. This, I, here's my belief right now. They were never that great of a football team. It evened out. We are looking for reasons why, and we've nitpicked a lot as a fan base over the past two months. All right, a lot to discuss here today. We'll get to your phone calls coming up. Have we overreacted to the way the Eagles' season ended? Sirianni and Howie speak. Later when we come back, your calls and my reaction to the A.J. Brown interview that was awesome on Friday with Jack and Ike right on the afternoon show. 215 592 for Midday Show, Sports Radio 94 WIP.